When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by Superbook Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZ, that's A2Z, for $250, up to $250, to match your first bet. Promo code A2Z in the Superbook Sports app. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address Without the stress, the Intel edge you need to succeed can be found at GaryAshton.com. And TrueMav Fitness, Tuesday and Thursday are my days to go to TrueMav. But of course, you can go anytime and get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMavFitness.com. So with the Titans and where their offense is right now, Sam Cardenas gives the obvious answer. Both they go hand in hand, talking about Derrick Henry and Traylon Burks how to make the Titans offense most successful. But the point of this exercise is not to say the obvious, right? The obvious is, of course, yes, every player on the Titans, and I'm not, you know, I'm not dismissing your comment, Sam. I'm just saying, for the purposes of this exercise, of course, it is important for all 11 players to contribute to that side of the ball. It is important for the coach to be competent, the coordinator to be better than he has in years past. Like, of course, to make this thing successful, all of these things have to work in concert with one another. But the question becomes, all right, when we've seen them go about this in a couple of different ways over the last couple of years, whether that's Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown or now Derrick Henry and Traylon Burks, what has it been harder for them to replace? And I think that answer becomes very, very obvious. I think when we, uh, I think that when you look at all the different elements, Derrick Henry is the thing that they lean on the most. Derrick Henry... Jason Wakefield says the king is our offense. That's the problem, though, Jason. Derrick Henry is your lone source of offense. And while I have covered Derrick Henry's entire career, and I believe him to be a future Hall of Famer, you see the ceiling that that has. Derrick Henry was available for every game uh, last season. He was sat for Week 17 against the Dallas Cowboys because there was no point in playing many of the players who participated or many of the starters who were going to be needed for that next week in Jacksonville with playoff implications on the line. The problem with Derrick Henry being the primary source of your offense is that offense can be stopped, as we've seen in the last couple of years. It's much easier to stop a Derrick Henry, um, what's the a Derrick Henry centric offense in the last couple of seasons. 2019, that obviously wasn't the case. 2020, they had an explosive passing game to pair with Derrick Henry, and obviously Derrick was able to have uh, incredible success, a 2,000-yard season. He had more help around him. There was other things on the field to distract from, from Derrick Henry so that defenses weren't just loading the box and taking away the thing that everybody knows that the Titans are going to do, which is hand the ball to Derrick Henry. So I, I think that while you look at these things, you can understand that Derrick Henry is still a valuable asset. Derrick Henry is still an incredible weapon. Derrick Henry, at the same time, still needs more help. And so with 
the conversation that I think we're getting ready to have, and that's where I'll pose your Two Rivers for take to you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch in the comment section, if you would be so kind. Which player is most important to the Titans' offensive success this coming season? Is it Derrick Henry or is it Traylon Burks? We will discuss at length together right after I remind you that the Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by the great people at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford always has quality American-made Ford vehicles. 2023 model year Fords available right now. If you are thinking about your next vehicle, whether that's new or pre-owned, Nobody matches the honesty and integrity that Two Rivers Ford does business with. 40 years in Middle Tennessee, Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So as you look at the thing that's most important for the Titans to have offensive success this year, is it Derek or is it Traylon? Um, Brandon Smith says Derek Henry 22 better be. Uh, Jonathan Hernandez says Burks because we just drafted Spears. Desmond Kingsley says we need a better OC. Well, this one hasn't even called plays for you yet. So, you know, at least maybe let me get through a preseason game before you try and fire another offensive coordinator. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have fired the last one, but like, for God's sakes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think that for, uh, I think that for a lot of diff, a lot of people, there is a level of deference to Derrick Henry because of how great he is. That's, that should be obvious, right? There is nothing wrong with having deference towards Derrick Henry for building an offense that is primarily focused first and foremost on running the football and controlling the clock, even as modern day offense would indicate that you need to be more pass centric or that it would benefit you to be more pass centric. Now that doesn't mean that you can't win with a primary, uh, a rushing offense that's uh, or an offense that's primary built off the, primarily built off the run. Easy for me to say Cleveland, Baltimore, uh, I mean, you could point out a number of different teams in the NFL that have great success. San Francisco, right? These are running-based offenses, or the offense thrives off the ability to run the football. Now, there's a difference between a rushing attack that you build everything else off of versus establishing the run. This is something that Greg Cosell and I talked about um, on the, uh, the live show, the live uh, taping of the install, when we talked about it's not – you don't need to – run the football in a game to establish the run when you have Derrick Henry. The run is already established because of Derrick Henry's presence. And those are the kind of things that I think people have to remember. So there's a there's a deference to Derrick Henry, but you also want to be able to have a counterpunch. And the problem with the Titans' approach in the last couple of years is that sometimes they have the counterpunch when A.J. Brown or Traylon Burks is healthy. And when they don't, it's very easy to slow down the Tennessee Titans to make them an offense that is, um, you know, unsustainable and the result maybe not to the extreme that it was last year but the result is your unsustainable offense leads to the most three and outs in football your red zone offense is great but because your percentage of opportunities in the red zone is so much smaller you're not really cashing in the way that you think you ought to be cashing in with a red zone offense that's in the top I think they were still a top six red zone offense in 2022 and that may seem counterintuitive because how bad they were offensively and again, when you look at the amount of times that they actually got inside the 20, then it makes sense why their offensive red zone success percentage was a lot higher that way. They weren't having as many opportunities at the red zone. And so when they did get there, they were still still able to cash in. But the problem is they weren't getting there often enough. So 
when I look at when I look at the sample size, and it's not just because Derek's a running back, right? I would say this of a great many offenses. When they lost Derek for half a season in 2021, and they had to manage not just the loss of Derrick Henry, but also Julio Jones, mostly out of the lineup. A.J. Brown, in and out of the lineup, missing some time. There was, you know, there was a variety of different reasons why in 2021 they had offensive struggles. But it wasn't because they weren't able to run the football. They found ways to run the football without Derrick Henry. In fact, they were successful, very successful running the football with Derrick Henry. Many of you were complaining in the Cincinnati Bengals game that Derrick Henry got too much run. (laughs) If I said that to you again, you may say some of you who held that opinion at the time when Derrick Henry was in his first game back off of the foot surgery, you may say now, a couple years removed from that result, you may say, well, of course, that's ridiculous. I wasn't somebody who was saying that Derrick Henry should receive less carries. How could anybody argue that Derrick Henry should receive less carries? And yet, it was a very loud percentage of you that we're talking about, well, why isn't Deontay Foreman running the ball against the Bengals in that playoff game? It wouldn't have stopped Ryan Tannehill from throwing three interceptions, but Derrick Henry at that point still wasn't the best version of himself. So um, I think that uh, I think that Stephen Massey said, gives an accurate statement, and I want to make sure that I put it into proper context, so thank you, Stephen. Hard to compare because Burks isn't on a, uh, a, on a comp level yet. I'm not sure what a comp level means specifically, but I think I understand your point. Um, Traylon Burks is not A.J. Brown, right? And Traylon Burks has not been as reliable or as proven or as sustainable as Derrick Henry. But I think that what Traylon Burks projects to be, and you know I'm not a big fan of projections, but I think that in the modern day, Traylon Burks is the more valuable asset at this point. And I'll explain what I mean here in just a second. But first, I want to remind you that the Primetime Show is made possible by the great people at Superbook Sports. Download the promo code or download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZ, and they'll match your first bet up to $250 at Superbook Sports. Nobody has better odds boost. Nobody has better promo bets than the great folks at Superbook. So download the Superbook app today. Uh, they will, as I mentioned, plug in the promo code ATOZ, and they'll match your first bet up to $250. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So Traylon Burks is the more valuable asset at this point because Derek is still a hugely productive player. Derek, to date, is still a force of nature. When last we saw him, he was having his second best rushing uh, total behind an offensive line that was complete and total shit, right? So, And without a semblance of a passing game, without a quarterback situation that was any kind of stable, Derrick Henry was still a valuable asset, but that asset was not good enough to save them from seven straight losses, right? And I know Derrick didn't play in one of those seven games, but you understand my larger point. Derrick isn't enough anymore. So it's not just going to be Derrick, and it's not just going to be Burks. It's going to be Tim Kelly. It's going to be Charles London, the quarterback's coach, how he helps them succeed as a, or, you know, his efforts to help them succeed as a pass game coordinator. It's going to be Kyle Phillips, Chigakonkwo, Peter Skaronsky, can they get better protection? Can they get better run blocking execution? All of those things matter. But the purpose of Traylon Burks here is to allow there to be another kind of a threat other than the threat of Derrick Henry. The threat of Traylon Burks is not established yet, though you could see a tangible difference even last year in a smaller sample size when Traylon Burks was available to them and in the game versus when Traylon Burks was not. 
What it allowed them to do is have the threat of a downfield passing game. What it allowed them to do is to at least pose a threat to a secondary that they had somebody who could get behind the defensive backs, as Traylon Burks has shown himself capable to do. Not necessarily the fastest in a straight line, but still the kind of playmaking speed, play strength, and play speed that you desire from an option like that. We have no idea what this player is going to be in his career just yet. And I'm not saying that he is at this point a more uh, a better football player than Derrick Henry. And I, you know, he may become that. Who's to say? But what I'm looking at in today's offense with Derrick Henry, no matter what tinks or tinkers, uh, tweaks rather is the word that I'm looking for. <laughs> tinkers. Uh, I, I don't. For those of you who watch the league, right? Ruxin tinkering, tinkering with your fantasy lineup. That's got stuck in my head. It's one of my favorite shows. You know, despite that guy lying, lying about being in the towers for 9/11. Uh, I think that. Uh, I think that with everything that you look at with the Titans right now, Traylon Burks just gives you another option. You need a counterpunch. You don't have one. Sometimes that counterpunch may be better as your primary. <laughs> may not necessarily feel like your primary option, but the counterpunch in this case is almost as important as the initial right hook, right? The initial right hook is Derrick Henry, but if you're if you're throwing a right hook on every first down, you know, more often than not, you're just stopping at the line of scrimmage or falling behind for a yard or two. You have to have that counterpunch that allows your your primary option, your primary source of uh, offense, your primary attack to at least be able to get off the ground, right? At least to be able to have an extra defender out of the box to give him a degree of running room. Um, there is no question that a downfield passing threat makes Derrick Henry a more viable option. Derrick Henry is still a viable option, but that viable option did not help you win football games last year in the way that it needs to, okay? I will say this, though, that Derrick Henry correcting the fumbling issue that he had last season, however that gets rectified, if that gets rectified, is as big a storyline to follow at the start of the season as any other. Because I, I know it was frustrating to Derrick. Certainly he wasn't trying to turn the ball over at the rate that he was last year, but he couldn't hang on to the football. And the reasons for that, Maybe he needs to readjust how he's being, you know, how he's carrying the ball where he's used to pulling away from people. And that's not happening as often, though he's still able to break away from the play from time to time. He's not doing it with quite the frequency. You're seeing these balls pop loose on a more regular basis, whether that's because he's being caught, whether that's because of the way that he's carrying the football or weather conditions. There's a variety of different things. But Derrick Henry's turnover situation has to be rectified, has to be rectified, has to be rectified for this team to have a semblance of success. Um, J-N-D-N-Y-D-S-G, it's a long name, says Derek always had a fumble issue outside of one season. Well, no, that's not, or at least he's never had a fumbles lost situation like he has this year. In fact, I can pull up Derek Henry's uh, fumbles across his career courtesy of StatMuse, uh, his career fumbles, um, to give you a better picture. Because I know he's had fumbles in his career, but never to the rate that he had last year. Because he only has, so think about this, okay? He only has 17 career fumbles. If I told you that Derrick Henry only has 17 career fumbles, you would say, well, then uh, that is that is not across what? Let's see. 
Derrick Henry has now played seven years, seven seasons in the NFL. His rookie season, um, you know, no fumbles lost uh, because he was barely playing, right? They found ways to get him on the field. He had 490 yards, but he wasn't the primary source of offense for that 2016 Titans team. He had one fumble, 16, or excuse me, no fumbles in 16. That was his rookie year. One fumble in 17, one fumble in 18, but that was his first loss fumble in 2018. Derrick Henry has had a total of nine career lost fumbles and 17 times has he lost control of the football. Now, uh, in 2019, ironically enough, was the most Derrick Henry had fumbled until this past season, in any given season. He had fumbled the ball five times. He had lost three of those, um, but also obviously had an incredible year, 1,540 yards, uh, he was averaging over 100 yards per game. He had uh, 17, excuse me, 16 rushing touchdowns. And, of course, the playoff run that very few running backs have been able to match. Um, Derrick Henry, in every other season besides uh, 2019, 2020, he had three and lost two. 2021, he had one and lost none. But, of course, he only played in eight games. And then last year is the most that Derrick Henry has ever fumbled the football as a Tennessee Titan. Six fumbles, three total lost, and that Jacksonville game in particular is a uh, is a point that you uh, look at and say, well, that is a game that Derrick Henry was as responsible for losing as any, where Derrick Henry has always been the thing that gives you the best opportunity to beat the Jaguars. Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars, right? Well, this year the Jags got the better of Derrick Henry, and in particular uh, the fumbles at this point. Uh, Pastor Raymond Little says all his fumbles last year was him fighting for extra yards because, because he had no help around him. Well, that's not, I mean, you can, listen, you can make any excuse for Derrick Henry that you want to. And I'm not saying that Derrick Henry, um, is not, you know, trying his damnedest out there because obviously he is, there's no question. Nobody is here to question Derrick's effort. Um, but I'm not, I think that in the same, you know, I think there needs to be a measure of keep that same energy for criticism. Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is inherently more responsible for this team's successes or this team's failures. But Derrick Henry was a big part of the problem last year, even as he was a statistically successful football player. Keep that same energy for your criticisms when it comes to the things that cost you football games, even as Derrick Henry in this particular situation, in this particular city, and on this particular team is a bit of a sacred cow, right? Derrick Henry is not immune from criticism. And Derrick Henry has some issues of his own that he has to rectify heading into 2023. So I think Burks on the whole is the more important piece for them to get solidified. And then Derrick Henry can be successful in conjunction with that, not have to pull all of this weight by himself, have some more help around him. No matter what the result of this season is, they have to find more help for Derrick Henry. And it's almost certainly Derrick Henry's last year on the Tennessee Titans. Um, that I think is the thing that you know looms over all of this is that it would be very, very difficult to envision a scenario, not impossible, but very, very difficult to envision a scenario where they they bring him back this year at his age, at his position, and at likely what that price point would be as opposed to finding a more cost-effective option where running backs are more easily replaceable, even guys who have uh, Hall of Fame-type resumes the way that Derrick Henry clearly and obviously does. Um, so, you know, whatever you want to uh, excuse away his fumbles for, um, like I said, there are you can make excuses for any player based on their performance. 
The matter of fact is that Derrick Henry was not up to peak performance last year, and they need him to be much closer to that. They need him to be a better version of himself. Uh, and certainly Derek has proven that he is up to step up to the challenge, that he is willing to put in the work. And I have every bit of confidence that Derrick Henry is going to have another very, very successful season, provided that, you know, uh, he stay healthy. But I think that uh, I think that everything that has resulted in the last couple of years shows you that Derrick Henry cannot be the only thing that you're leaning on time in and time out. All right, let's move on and let's uh, let's talk about something else that's ridiculous. The idea that Anthony Richardson is blowing the doors off of Colts media and OTAs is ridiculous. I'm going to explain what I mean by that here in just a second. I'll ask you the question on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch this evening. Fair or foul? Anthony Richardson, OTAs, hype. You know how I feel about it. I'm going to explain to you why I feel that way. Momentarily, right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the wonderful people at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge is what you need to succeed at GaryAshton.com. They'll get you going with that real estate intel that you need to sell your home for more, that you need to find your next home while you sell your current one in this red-hot Nashville real estate market and cash in on your home equity now. Nobody is better than the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the favorite team of your favorite teams. Go to GaryAshton.com. Um, so I think that uh, I think that when you look at the, uh, the discussion around OTAs, right, um, fair or foul on Anthony Richardson at this point. Corey D. Jackson says, so is Des Fitzpatrick um, talking about OTAs hype, right? We talked about that, I think, a little bit last week. Des Fitzpatrick has been impressing people at Steelers OTAs. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody around here is looking over at that with a bit of side eye because, of course, Des Fitzpatrick and the word impress is not something that had happened at any point in the last couple of seasons. So what might be different about Des Fitzpatrick now um, in Pittsburgh than it was in Tennessee? I think that when you look at a variety of different things, um, OTAs is a difficult time of year to evaluate. But I do think that it's foul because everybody looks fantastic during OTAs because there's no pads. There's no pass rush on these quarterbacks. There's no uh, real offensive line or defensive line play. There's really not even a running game. Hell, Mike Vrabel half the time told us sometimes it looks like real football out there talking about OTAs. So when I see all of this hype around Anthony Richardson, it's not Anthony Richardson's fault. Anthony Richardson may be, go on to be a hugely successful player. The idea of hyping up anybody, whether it's Levis, Richardson, Traylon Burks, right? Uh, CJ Stroud, if I haven't seen much uh, noise around Houston or Bryce Young, whichever quarterback you want to use. Whoever you are making grand assessments of in OTAs, it's probably being overhyped. So it's just him going through, you know, uh, the Colts standard quarterback drills, and he may look great in the middle of that. It's nothing that blew the doors off. The reason why I thought it was ridiculous, and listen, again, it's totally fine that uh, that you would see uh, that you would see Anthony Richardson going through this, but I think it's unfair what's happening to Anthony Richardson from this sense. The tweet from that video reads this way: Anthony Richardson will be a problem for a long time. Look at the Colts' first-round selection in OTAs with three of the mind-blown emojis, right? When all he's doing is going through routine quarterback drills. Um, it's it's one of the things, I think it's one of the biggest disservices that you can do to a rookie right now. 
is to gas them up this way in OTAs based on, you know, something that is utterly routine. There were some comments from his coach, um, from his coach, uh, Steichen, Shane Steichen, the new Colts head coach, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, who, by the way, I love that fit. I think the Colts and Anthony Richardson might be the best fit out of any of them because I do have that much respect for Shane Steichen. Now, Shane Steichen talked about Anthony Richardson doing next-level stuff at OTAs, and a big headline was made out of it, right? Well, what you know, fans might consider to be next-level stuff versus and media, uh, based on how you receive the comments from Shane Steichen versus what Shane Steichen's seeing every day, Shane Steichen is talking on a much, much more like rudimentary level from one rudimentary level to the next rudimentary level as they work on the development of a quarterback who is super, super raw and needs to play more football for them to be able to have any kind of an accurate assessment around him. So when you say next level stuff as a coach, it's probably different than how you and I, who you, how you and I would initially receive something like that, where we're looking at it as like, Oh, next level. That means he must be operating on a, on a much higher plane than we gave him credit for. No, it's probably, well, his footwork has reached the next level or his uh, command of the huddle has reached the next level. Those are the kind of levels that we're operating in at OTAs. It's very, very small incremental improvements. And what the coaches are looking for right now is players who are not making old mistakes, but who are making new ones so that they can at least find ways to correct that behavior and see if these guys can identify the things that were causing them to make right or wrong decisions in the first place. Uh, it's foul. For those of you who are wondering my opinion, it's foul. Any hype around any player at OTAs at this point. Uh, let's wrap up with this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this weekend. Let me know what was it that made you smile this weekend on the internet. There was a great many things, I think, to pull from. Right now, by the way, uh, game two of the finals back underway. Miami down six with six minutes to play. Uh, 69-66, Denver's lead uh, under six minutes at this point. So looking at all the different results from the weekend, whether that's basketball, hockey was a lot of fun, Vegas, uh, the Golden Knights putting on quite a show yesterday evening, Tennessee baseball getting in on the action, Vanderbilt having uh, some uh, having some success, Roberts ECU Pirates not doing so well. Unfortunately, we were really, really uh, rooting them on today. But either way, what uh, was the best thing that you saw in sports this weekend? Uh, I'll tell you mine here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. I go Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m. I hope to see you there while I'm getting the best workout around. You can do that too. You can work out with their group classes. You can go for personal training. I prefer personal training at this point, but I've really enjoyed their group classes as well. And as a member, you get access to their open gym so you can work out how you want, when you want, on your own schedule. TrueMath Fitness is the best way to work out. Their facility is fantastic. It's conveniently located in downtown Nashville in the Gulch, and your first workout is free at TrueMathFitness.com. So uh, what's the best thing that you saw this weekend? Corey D. Jackson says the Savannah Banana game by far. Do you know more people hit me up for tickets to that at First Horizon Park this weekend than any other sporting event that I have, uh, that I have you know, that I can remember. I always get asked for tickets by, you know, friends or whatever, and that's fine. Or people who aren't really that close of friends, acquaintances will ask for tickets a lot of time. I'm very happy to tell everybody, no, I won't get you tickets. Maybe I could get you tickets, but I don't really want to get you tickets because I don't like when people ask me to get them tickets, largely, unless I offer them to you, right? That's different. 
But the thing that I had more people hit me up about than anything, more than Titans playoff games, more than Preds uh, Stanley Cup opportunities, more than, what else, a steeplechase or, you know, Nashville SC, more than anything, the damn Savannah Bananas at First Horizon Park. I hear, I heard it was epic. I did not hear a bad word about it. They travel the country and they put on an absolute show. I, uh, I honestly, <laughs> honestly... I would have wanted to go uh, had I not been on the uh, the boat all weekend, um, and uh, and really, really, uh, really look forward to seeing or hearing some of the stories from you guys as callers on the radio show tomorrow because I know a great many of you were in attendance uh, this weekend. But yeah, the Savannah Bananas putting on a show. Um, the best thing that I saw this weekend was not Tennessee, not the University of Tennessee's win today, but their win yesterday in fourteen innings over Clemson. It was electric, the atmosphere, and the Vols, I mean, merely three wins away from being back in the College World Series. Zane Denton hopes to pull Tennessee closer or give the Vols the lead. Two balls, two strikes, two down. Kicks and delivers. Pitch it high in the air towards left field. Going down the line. Let's see, is it fair? It is! Zane Denton has given Tennessee the lead! With two out, the Volunteers have life and now have the upper hand. His second flash for the Big Orange in tonight's ballgame. Tennessee leads by one on a go-ahead bomb from Zane Denton. He tees off on the 2-2 offering, and Tennessee leads Clemson 5-4. Thank you, Zane Denton. Just electric atmosphere this uh, weekend. It's there. They're at the Clemson Regional Regional. Uh, Tennessee is Vanderbilt, of course, the Nashville regional and uh, a lot of success by the state of Tennessee in their respective regional performances. So we'll look forward to talking about that tomorrow on the radio show. Obviously, uh, Titans mandatory minicamp three days. So we'll be talking a lot of Titans this week from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Hope to talk, hope to uh, hang out with you guys then. If I don't see you tomorrow at 10 a.m., then we will catch up with you tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Primetime. See you guys. Are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.